friends, and welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast Week 2 Waivers and Streamers. I'm Chris Welsh, joined by Jake Seeley, and oh, hello, Week 1. Uh, you weren't short of a lot of crazy stuff, and ending out the biggest way, we're also unfortunately going to talk about some injuries. If you guys haven't, go over to theathletic.com right now and pick up a subscription because Jake has got the waiver wire article that dropped for you Tuesday into Wednesday at midnight. Same thing with ranks. It's invaluable. Go and pick it up today for all of your weekly in-season prep. Mr. Jake Seeley, how are you doing coming off of week one, which like I said, was something else, was something else. Hopefully you didn't, you weren't dependent on Garrett Wilson. Oh wait, you were dependent on Garrett Wilson for week one. (laughs) Oh, and quite a few places. Although I'm I, like for everybody asking, you can't trade away Garrett Wilson unless you're getting fringe wide receiver one value. I mean, like Zach Wilson, not Aaron Rodgers, but Zach Wilson has brought value to wide receivers before. I mean, the whole Elijah Moore thing was partly with Zach Wilson and Mike White. But I'm not full on panic in the fact that if you can get away from him, if you can get away from him for like people are asking. Uh, let's. I'm trying to think of the names like DK Metcalf, Keenan Allen, and stuff. Like I could see it. Yeah. What's the safer? It's the. I mean, like we're talking fringe wide receiver ones. I think Keenan Allen's actually underrated this year. We already talked about that before, but I mean, if we're talking a top 15 wide receiver and you can trade him away, I have no problem doing it. Yeah, it's Zach Wilson. I mean, maybe they bring in a quarterback and it gets better again. But you know, if your team's solid enough and you're playing for the upside, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cast him away. It feel it, yeah. No, a good thing that you know my favorite wide receiver this year was Garrett Wilson. Just want to throw that out there, my number one favorite. Everybody's. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> love Garrett Wilson. But you know, coming off of Week One, the most common thing that's going to happen here is overreactions. But ironically, there might be some reactions that might not qualify in the being ov- overly reacting. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the the things I, I brought this up before or last week of like. If you freak out because Tank Bigsby or Zach Charbonnet, you know, don't get the run that you thought and you're like, I got to cut them immediately. It's like, okay, well, then you're doing that wrong. That's kind of like overreacting. Um, But there are some performances of some guys that we drafted that you might have to make immediate moves. You might have to make quick moves because there are some tantalizing waivers this week that you need to jump on early. And we're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But the biggest news, it was confirmed early this morning that Aaron Rodgers does have a blown out ACL, I think. Or UC, uh, Achilles, I think it was, right? Achilles. Achilles, yeah, I said ACL. There's UCLs, ACLs. The Achilles is gone. It is all Zach Wilson. And we saw how that went last night. It seemed like throughout the night, as soon as Aaron Rodgers came off, that's where we were heading to. The usage looked horrific. Zach Wilson looked horrific. There was a lot of discussion. Apparently, the New York Jets had attempted to trade for Matthew Stafford prior to the Aaron Rodgers trade. I know Sala said Zach Wilson's the guy, you know, God willing, the rest of the season. But do you think that this team is going to go out and try to make a splash for a you know, Matthew Stafford or, you know, pick one of the kind of bottom end teams that are bottoming out and they try to make a trade. I mean, do you think they, they are going to or is Sala going to stick to his guns and go with Zach Wilson rest of the season? Because that also might be the effect of keeping Garrett Wilson in, in what you're talking about here is if this team does move off and were to pick up a veteran quarterback, that might maybe change how you feel about trading Garrett Wilson for 85 cents on the dollar. Well, they have to. I mean, they have to find somebody else behind Zach Wilson. It's just whether or not 
that person is an Andy Dalton, you stick with Zach Wilson until it looks completely crap or you then make a trade. But the problem is if you make a trade, you've already invested a lot of trade capital into Aaron Rodgers. So it's that kind of what's left type of situation. So I, you know, there was solace full of crap in the fact that they're not going to do something because they have to do something. But I don't think it's anything like that, that, that there's not names out there. I'm going to start stashing. Like I'm Andy Dalton. Really? Like no, but Cam, but Cam, they make a call to Cam, Cam Newton. No, no. Cam's done. Okay, I'm just checking. Just checking where we're stop going with, with can we stop with Can we stop Cam Newton? Yeah. Uh, Cam Newton's had, like, tried to resurrect his career, like, five times already. <laughs> and I don't... We're done. I, I just stop. don't know if there's anything out there that, like, I would jump to that's like, oh, this is going to fix that situation. Like, you could argue... For fantasy, we'd say Jameis Winston. We'd say, for fantasy purposes, we get excited about that. Okay, wait. Oh, there, there you go. I forgot. I saw that this morning. Okay, so Winston would be a big upgrade, so that would be great to see. But otherwise, fun for fancy. Yeah, otherwise it's just a disaster. You know, it, we we talked a lot about the drafting uh, Anthony Richardson and Aaron Rodgers combos. Well, you know, luckily if you did that, Rodgers was the backup, and you did. You are going to have kind of missed. Though there are some streaming quarterbacks that might be pushing teensy quarterbacks rest of season that you could pick up in replacement. And Anthony Richardson, I don't want to say how right I was, but I was right uh, last week when I said Anthony Richardson would be a QB one. Though I thought it would be more garbage time. He just was kind of there. It wasn't f- phenomenal, but, you know, he's one of those quarterbacks that gets it done. Uh, the other news, Deontay Johnson is going to miss multiple weeks after that 49er game. That was some of the fear that was on uh, Twitter from the Twitter doctors, uh, Jake, that he was going to miss multiple weeks. Now it's happening. We saw George Pickens not get the... Kenny Pickett looked horrific, uh, but it was also against the Niners. George Pickens was okay, but really didn't get the targets. Calvin Austin was getting a ton, and Allen Robinson looked all right. How do you think the uh, the shares are going to be spread out? Do you think we're going to see a bigger, heavier dose of Pickens, which we didn't see against the Niners? Or do you think it is going to be kind of spread out with some of these other weapons? It'll still be Pickens. Like, Pickens will be the one, but now you're just going to get Allen Robinson stepping in and a little bit probably more to Fryermuth, so a little bit of sprinkle of Calvin Austin, but I hate to say like <laughs> Alan Robinson's pickable, pick up, pick up, pickable. I don't even know. Pick upable, pick upable. Yeah, it's pick upable. <laughs> I like. I he's in the same conversation though, like Robert Woods, Alan Lazard. Now that there is no Aaron Rodgers, like Alan Lazard before this, I would have taken over even Alan Robinson. But with no Rodgers, Alan Lazard, Robert Woods, like it's all these kind of eh. Fine, I might get a wide receiver for. Like I hope nobody out there has to rely on Alan, like Kendrick Bourne until Devontae Parker comes back. Like, this is the range of wide receivers we're talking about. Adam Thielen, these are the same range. All these guys, like, AG Vets, boomer busty kind of guys on random other teams. Like, it's all these wide receiver fours. That's where he is. But you said you said Pickens goes to number one, which is obvious. But does Pickens actually, like, move up your ranks? Because he is going to be the sole share guy. No, because it was his quarterback. Yeah, Pickett looked, look, he looks so bad. Can he shick it? <laughs> I didn't really say it. Yeah, I, I, I you, got, you caught me there for a minute. There, I was like, "Whoa, yeah, whoa, you whoa!" Hesitate. You're like, "Oh, do I have to edit this out?" No. Yeah. Can he? Can he pick it? Yes, you can. He looked like, like, like I, a step oh, above. Oh, what a shot! Playing against the third team Bears defense wasn't a telltale sign of how good. Like I said, I had some more confidence in Pickett this year than I did last year, but it wasn't worlds of like I, I don't know how many times I said on this podcast, all in football, every single one. I am not. Caring about Kenny Pickett as fantasy, I'm just hoping his improvement is going to help Kenny or George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. They're fine. They'll be fine as wide receiver threes. That's what they had him as. That's what they would be. Allen Robinson is going to be a wide receiver four. I think Kenny Pickett's going to have better games than he did in Week One. But 
all the excitement and the hype from the preseason where people are like, oh my God, Kenny Pickett, it's happening. Like, Kenny Pickett is replacement level. For everybody talking about replacement level running backs, Kenny Pickett is a replacement level quarterback. He's in the Andy Dalton conversation. Yeah, I unfortunately was excited because he was making good throws. He made all the bad throws against the 49ers. Now yeah. you do have to throw it up against if, that defense. If though. the Steelers called the Jets right now and said, we'll give you Kenny Pickett for Zach Wilson, I don't know that they would say yes. I think they would just be like, we already have your, that, that's what we, we have, have our version of Zach Wilson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like if they were, if, we're good. If they were offered assets maybe, but I don't know. Here's the interesting one. Do either of those teams take Daniel Jones over what they have? Mm. Well, I'm not a Daniel Jones guy either, so they probably do. But again, it's, it's about the assets that are out there, but I, I think it's telling because no, Daniel Jones is tied to a $40 million contract. Oh, yeah, that's a good so point. They want to get out of hang it. up. Yeah. They want to get out of it. Well, the most teams might playing for, be playing for, uh, Shadur Sanders uh, in the next year or two, depending when he comes out at that quarterback class. But it, it, talk about reactionary. I think it is. We already put him in the top 10 of the draft. Yeah. Did you Sorry, see, Mick? Did you see? I think it was uh, yeah. not McShay, but was it Mel Kuyper? I think put him at QB3 overall in this next year's draft. So I mean, it's a wide open race, but like, this is why I don't do anything until the end of the season. That's Sanders. Anyway, we, we sideboard. Yeah. yeah, yeah there's a sideboard. <laughs> but I, the, the last point on that is just that, like, I think it is telling in this situation that, you know, Deontay Johnson, who can be a ball hawk, is out, and Pickens doesn't really move up, and that's how bad Pickett is, that Pickens can't move up, especially just, he's insanely talented. Also, had an insane catch that he just had his foot out of bounds, which would have been, you know, probably the second highlight catch of the week um, outside of Garrett Wilson's insane catch last night on Monday Night Football. Uh, the other injury thing, much smaller, but... Don't forget uh, Zay Jones. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, and Zay Jones. So there's your top three on your catches. Uh, Greg uh, Dulcich going to miss a couple weeks as well so uh, we can talk about tight, tight ends end. here in in a little bit and we got Fan some other tight end only position i'm saying that for a few years yeah we've got some streamers at the very end we can touch on i was going to touch on it with aaron Rodgers, but there's a few quarterbacks we can look at that are in your article again we're going to be kind of referencing this is like an audio version of the article that uh, jake has got out there so let's go and talk about waivers this week they're going to be running in the next 24 hours ish for everybody and there is a lot to pick and choose from. Unfortunately, there's probably also going to be a lot of need because there are quite a few players that proved that they are not going to be options this year. And there were quite a few players that are going to be bumping up. Um, the biggest running back situation, I didn't even mention it off the top, I guess, because you and I have both like already done a bunch of shows, but everybody knows J.K. Dobbins out for the year. So that has opened up a spot uh, in the Ravens backfield. So we'll talk about those Ravens running backs because they're going to make the top five waiver running backs that made your article this week, but neither were number one. The number one waiver running back, Kenny Gainwell, Kenneth Gainwell on your list. Hello, friends. I'm jumping in here as an add-on to the podcast because after we recorded, we found out the news that Kenny Gainwell might be inactive due to an injury on Thursday. So Jake and I both want you to know, do not cut DeAndre Swift just yet. Actually might be the best case scenario if Swift can bring back some of that value. This might be one of those opportunities, but don't cut him regardless of how we're going to say it here due to this particular thing, but it still stands how we ultimately feel about DeAndre Swift, you know, unless something incredible happens because Rashad Penny inactive and DeAndre Swift was garbage. He did nothing, and I moved him up. Kenny Gainwell was everything. So talk to us about uh, Kenny Gainwell getting to one on this list. 
It just came down to not being able to trust this backfield. And we said it all preseason with they have four options. They kept all four on the roster. There was talk that Penny looked great. Then there was talk about the fact that they brought DeAndre Swift in to be a piece and kind of like maybe we sat here and talked about, oh, he'll just be the Lions version again, but at least on the Eagles. But that meant, oh, no Rashad Penny. DeAndre Swift might be in play as an RB3. Like, there is a world where, like, people were like, oh, RB2, because there's only two of them now. It's just him and Gainwell. He's the lead. I had them both as RB3s. I had Swift in front of Gainwell. Like, just because there was reports, there were some beat reporters saying Gainwell is the guy. There were some beat reporters saying it's going to be a complete cluster F. And then there were some reporters that say, like, DeAndre Swift was actually the guy. They're just keeping him safe and healthy. So we sat here with like, hey, you can't really trust any of them. But what did we see in week one? The one that they trust that they seem to want to be the number one. There is a clear lead at Gainwell. Uh, something that I mentioned in the waiver column was the concern, the ducks, the concerned ducks of DeAndre Swift and Antonio Gibson used in the same fashion in week one. Barely anything on the ground, many, any touches on the ground, many, any, barely any snaps and all in the passing game. And then you have limited work because that's your only use is in the passing game. So if you don't get thrown to, then you're going to be super limited. And if DeAndre Swift, that's the use in week one. Now, it's the Eagles. This could still change. We could still see next week. What did we see last year? Boston Scott, two rushing touchdowns. The week after that, Sean Petty's all of a sudden active in the lead option. Like, it's still the Eagles. But at least for now, this early in the season, you have to take the chance that if he is the guy, and what they told us in week one, he is the guy, that we now have an RB2 in our hands. Yeah, I think the most important thing is whatever they do, because, like, I think a reaction can come from DeAndre Swift, and we're going to talk about that here in a second. Because I did like you. I saw Penny was out, and I was like, here we go. Hold on to your butts. I, I turned into Sam Jackson because I'm a DeAndre, I'm a Swifty here, and I was like, we are going to get going, and I moved him up. And I also moved Gainwell up because they the whole Gainwell being a primary back had really been teased to us all preseason, like you mentioned. But I wasn't expecting DeAndre Swift to be absolutely nothing. But my point is, is I do think that they could flip it on us. A lot of teams will have that like, here's what we did in week one. Now we have to make big counter moves to week two. And that could be involving DeAndre Swift to kind of uh, open up the field. But what that showed us was Kenny Gainwell is going to be a version of a stable in that offense, no matter what they do. Outside of just throwing us a complete curveball that we can't predict, where all of a sudden he's inactive and Rashad Penny's out there and they're really, truly screwing with us. He had 14 carries, uh, you know, nothing crazy, 14 carries, uh, 54 yards, just around four yards per carry, and he looked good. And what do you think the fab waiver priority is? Are you comfortable if you had the number one waiver priority to take him? And what do you think a percentage of fab earlier this week is? Like, assuming you're a person that lost like a – you know, a Gus or a J.K. Dobbins, or you had, you don't know, maybe you had guys like Swift and you really screwed the pooch on RB. Uh, well, I, I, it's fab is always relative. That's why you didn't read the top of the column. I don't give fab. <laughs> well, I, I was trying <laughs> like, to get it out of you is what I'm saying. But Yeah, I, I know. You're trying. To, like, But the problem is, like, that, uh, and that's tongue in cheek. I'm not trying to be a jerk for everybody listening. Like, it's just, it's just so many factors involved because, I like, look, I could know your need. I can know how much fab you have left. And then I still don't know how your league spends. I can know how your league spends and what your need is and then not know how your league's like the, the percentage, like what you have. There's just so many factors. I will say if you need running back, if you lost Dobbins, if you saw Akers go belly up in week one and now there's already full on panic of Cam Akers and worthwhile, you have to be more aggressive uh, for Gainwell would be 30, 
40%. Like, get, get, it could blow up in yeah. your face, but you have to take that chance. Gus Edwards would probably be in the 20 to 30% range, and Justice Hill would probably be in the 20% range. Like, like Justice Hill, I do think, is behind Gus Edwards. The goal line carries concern me, but I mentioned in the waiver column that that's similar to Ezekiel Elliott, that I think Justice Hill could be their Zeke, but a little bit more in the passing game because they don't throw a ton, especially to Gus Edwards. Like, where J.K. Dobbins were like, ooh, he'll get 20, 30 receptions now with Todd Monkin. Gus Edwards is still not going to see work in the passing game. So there's a little bit more of appeal for Justice Hill. And there is a world where Justice Hill, Justice Hill becomes more valuable than Gus Edwards. I just believe it's Gus Edwards. He was the lead option to start. Um, but this is all relative. Like, if you don't need running backs, I still go modestly heavy on Kenneth Gainwell in case, again, he's the guy in RB2. You can't thumb your nose up at RB2. Uh, but Gus Edwards and Boston, or I was about to say Boston Scott. There you go. Uh, Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, I'd probably get more conserved and start taking flyers on like Sean Tucker and Kyron Williams and like just as in like make six or seven running back bids. And then if I don't get him, I, you know, I save for later in the season. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, that's the perfect scenario. That's exactly what I was talking about. I do think it is that, the, good, enough? Is that good enough to no, answer? No, well, I mean, that is literally what I, I laid out for you, and, you, and then you brought it back. That is, I was like, you don't have the running backs. You screwed the pooch on RBs. You laid it out perfectly because talking about Fab in like week four or five, you're right. It just became a mess. Who the hell knows what anyone has spent? This is the one week we can assume you probably have everything and we can build a scenario that makes sense. And that's why, you know, the trust in Kenny Gainwell is at least to just go for it. Uh, you mentioned Gus Edwards and Justice Hill. You've got Gus Edwards at two, Justice Hill at three. You kind of already broke it down. They also are bringing up Melvin Gordon. And Harbaugh talked about it this morning, and he said the thing that just is going to annoy everybody to hell is he said, well, I consider all three of them starters. And you're just like, okay. Because now <laughs> you know that you'll never be able to truly predict. So then it just becomes about trying to predict who's the guy that can be a constant and Obviously, with uh, Gus Edwards at two kind of says that. He got a lot of early down stuff. Justice Hill, you're probably not going to be able to count on touchdowns. And maybe Justice Hill and Melvin Gordon are eat into each other more than Gus Edwards. So I personally feel better about going in on Gus Edwards and Hill. But like you said, there's a scenario where Justice Hill comes out of this, but we just don't know what the hell's going on. And Harbaugh's going to make this a complete disaster. I, I'm not even sure you want to go hyper aggressive on this team because of the three RB starters, Jake. Well, and also you have Keaton Mitchell coming back in a few weeks too. There you that, go. You know, you can like another explosive little pass catching nice option that could be more complimentary than I don't know a third option or even second option between Gus Edwards and Justice Hill, whoever's performing at the time. I think Melvin Gordon clearly is a non-factor here, but. I mean, it's exactly it's the famous last one. Those are the famous last words. Here come 12 yards to Gus Edwards, 60 combined to Hill and then five yards, two touchdowns for Melvin Gordon. 
I like this also, this this whole like, well, we're not, because he also said, I forgot to mention, they're not going to pick anybody up. He's like, they're not looking at right. Kareem Hunt and all this those. That's what we brought in Melvin Gordon for. I like all of this up until they go and trade for Jonathan Taylor. That's what I like. I like all of this, like, oh, we're not going to bring anybody no, in. I don't think that's actually happening. <laughs> I like, well, they'd be aggressive. They should. They should take a look at it. Uh, coming in at number four, this was actually one I talked about last week. Uh, with Brandon, if you guys listen, I, I had said this was a guy that I thought, I, I think I had ranked higher because that's how we were doing it. I had ranked higher than consensus because I really thought he was going to be, I thought he was going to surprise people with the workload that he was going to be given. And that is Tyler Algier. And that came true um, in full throttle, full mode here. And you've got him coming in at number four behind the Ravens guys. Every week isn't going to be this magical. Um, also, Desmond Ritter never looked more like Desmond Mitter in that game. I mean, the, he had more targets to running backs than all wide receiver and tight ends combined. It was nothing but running, and Algier and Bijan kept doing that thing. They can't keep doing this, but can Tyler Algier continue to hold value? You put like 20-ish percent markers on the Ravens, guys. How far off is Algier from like Gus Edwards or Justice Hill? Ten mm, percent, like because here's the thing: is I referenced in the column, I said Devonta Freeman and Tevin Coleman, and Tevin Coleman was an RB two, barely. I mean, fringe RB two that one year where Devonta Freeman was an RB one, but it's the week in and week out inconsistency. Like there were weeks where they both finished as RB ones. It was weeks where Kel- Coleman did it and Freeman didn't. Um, but the weeks that Coleman did and Freeman didn't weren't that frequent. It was more the opposite way. And a lot of times you got RB3 value. It was like, yeah, it's usable. Yeah, but what happens when he gets six touches? Like, there will be games like that, especially what if it's close the entire game? Or they're playing from behind. Like, is Algier really going to see that much work if they're playing from behind the entire time? Uh, so it's a big question mark of how things go. So I'd say that Algier, if you said, like, you're talking about, you talked about the big three. Gainwell, Edwards, and Hill. I'd say there's a break to, and then spend on Algier, Kyron Williams, Sean Tucker, and like that. And then there's a break when we get to Zach Moss. Like, So these are probably all in like the 5 to 15% max. The big question, I think, like Bijan Robinson looked amazing. And he looked great as a receiver. He looked obviously great as a running back. He looked explosive. I guess the thing is, is like, what will the Falcons unleash him to be this year? What are they comfortable with? Because... They might want to keep the touches at a relative minimum because they've got Algier. I mean, Algier got 18 touches, 15 carries uh, for 75 yards, by the way, five yards per carry. And he also caught three balls. You know, is it going to be every single week? No, but is he going to be 12, 10 to 12 touches? Probably. So that might cap Bijan Robinson from having some 25 plus touch a game, uh, which makes Tyler Algier relatively valuable but valuable in probably like an rb40 range desperation or if something were to happen he's good i'm not using a top my number one waiver claim or anything like that but if i'm a mid-tier waiver claim team i probably try to get algier you do a little bit of fab if you're doing that he looks pretty good uh coming in at number five though i'm curious because my cohort mr scott bogman uh, aka bogman scott when we talk about boston scott he is very adamant about this one. And you've got him in at number five, and that is Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams, I believe, ended up having a top 15 RB share snap percentage this week over Cam Akers. I cannot believe we're doing the Cam Akers thing again. Kyron Williams was getting run. 
He's at number five. Is Kyron Williams really going to overtake Cam Akers? Uh, it's possible. Here, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, was Bogman like he pro is, Kyron Williams? Inc- yeah, I, I should have uh, phrased that better. He is insanely pro Kyron Williams. Like Kyron Which Williams is his because he hates Notre Dame running backs. He does, and he is number. <laughs> two, that is his number two RB uh, for the week. I'm legitimately surprised. Like I said, that's yeah. he hates him. <laughs> he loved Kyron uh, Williams. Uh, like, like there's a certainly a possibility with how bad Cam Akers looked in Week One. Uh, this is similar to what I'll say is Rashad White. Uh, I know we're not getting all the way down to Sean Tucker today, but read the column. And I made the joke on All in Football that it's Cam Akers and Rashad White pointing fingers at each other like the Spider-Man meme. That's what it is. It's like, hey, you both super inefficient on your touches. The one difference is that, what, Rashad White passing game at least? A little bit more burst? Ish question mark. I like look, we've already played Sean McVay trying to get rid of Cam Akers. So this is why I think it's certainly possible. But I still don't trust Sean McVay week in and week out until he's like consistently made the switch for two weeks in a row. Which that's like we didn't tr- Cam Akers last year for everybody picked him up at the end of the year and championship teams had him because he was dropped in so many leagues. You didn't start him the first week that he performed well. You were like, I need to see it again. The window and the door is open. Like, this is potentially the switch, but I need to see it in week two first. If this comes out in week two and it's a 50-50 split, and I don't still let I buy it against San Francisco, it's going to be tough to read. But if it's like a 70-30 split, Kyron Williams, then immediately just go go for it. Yeah, I think from a performance standpoint, it's going to be pretty hard for either the guys against the Niners to stand out. But to, what you're looking for, like you said, is that snap percentage. You know, if it is going to be more primary Kyron than Cam Akers, then maybe the switch has happened. He was effective. He scored a couple touchdowns. He had 15 carries. Kyron Williams did in this game. You know, you gotta you gotta watch for it. And that might be. This is another one of those guys. The difference with him and Algier, though, is Algier will never take the number one role. Kyron Williams has the potential to be right. the guy. Like, and that that's what's unique about this one, even though he comes but in at number five. But the risk is why I have him there. It the is risk much is bigger. that Cam Akers still got, he still gave him 20 plus carries despite how awful he looked. <laughs> so what happens if the backfield only gets 30 touches and Akers gets 70% of them? Like, that's just, like, just, it's factoring risk. Like if I'm taking pure flyers and this is why there's so much context and this is part of the re- go back to the fab thing. There's so much context of fab too. If you're taking flyers, if you didn't lose any running backs and you're going to say, I'm going to go after Gainwell. And if I miss on Gainwell, well then I'm going to go for Kyron Williams over Tyler Algier because I'm going to go for the, like you just said, the one that can win the job. If I need points now, if I lost JK Dobbins, I have Cam Akers. I need somebody in my lineup now. It's like Tyler Algier. So it's really dependent. The one guy who didn't make this, uh, who didn't make the top five, he made the article, but didn't make the top five. Curious if anything is adjusting into the week, but there are some concerns that Austin Eckler might have some type of a higher ankle sprain. We're still kind of waiting to hear back. Josh Kelly got a good amount, a decent amount of run and looked great, was very effective. And with the Eckler injury, that would probably move Kelly into a. I mean, I don't want to speak for you, but mid-tier RB2, if he was the sole guy, is there any speculation with waivers running and not knowing the Austin Eckler stuff that you'd want to move Josh Kelly up at all? Uh, if your waivers run before we get word, then yeah, you can take the flyer on Josh Kelly, I'd say over Algier. I, I put in the blurb that if we knew there was no Eckler, Kelly would be near the top. The problem yeah. why I would still go Edwards and Gainwell is because it's still temporary. Yeah. Like when Eckler comes back, he's still the guy. Like I'd probably say 
I'd go if like let's say you told me today, high ankle sprain, Eckler's out four weeks. We'll just give him a four week timetable. I'd go Gainwell, Edwards, probably Justice Hill still because Justice Hill could be the guy and could lead for the rest of the season. There's a world where that happens. And then Kelly's in the conversation with Algier and Kyra Williams. Do you take the now or do you take the future potential? Yeah, I think I personally would probably move Kelly to two uh, to get the four weeks of what could be close to an RB1 and then just try to figure things out. Unless I was, I do have one league, by the way, where I would probably have to think differently because I am in serious running back uh, issues after this week. So maybe I'd be a little bit different, but I, I think I would probably move Kelly. Last thing on the running backs, another great part of this article, you got the dumpsville where you start to put in questions. This is what I was kind of referring to earlier in the episode that we do overreact about a lot of things, but there are a lot of players that we can make bigger reactions about after this week with how teams were using them. And we we did talk about him a little bit a little bit ago, but DeAndre Swift after this made your dumpsville hit here. And yeah. you know, if you were looking at these top five waiver claims, would you dump DeAndre Swift for any of them? Or what is the line where you wouldn't cut All DeAndre Swift? All of them. Oh, man. So so everybody, the Dumpsville goes in. It's a ranking order, like how I would drop him. Like Evan yeah. Hall gone. Uh, he's hurt, too. Uh, Deuce Vaughn. I mean, if he can't even get run. And I know, like, if they're down and they're passing more, he might get a little bit more involvement. But he didn't touch the field to the end of the game. Like, why not give him a little bit in that? So Jarek McKinnon, similar situation. <laughs> Matt Nagy. Done. Ruined him. Like, still. But, again, I include where I would drop them, too. Like, I'm not dropping Jarek McKinnon to go pick up A-Chain. Like, A-Chain, eh, you know, maybe. Maybe. Like, A-Chain's super, yeah, but he's super down the road. Like, he's hurt, too, right now. Tony Gibson only makes it halfway down the list. And same for Swift. Like, I'm dropping Swift. I'll take, I'll drop Swift for Sean Tucker. More upside. Like, he could take, that. like you just said, with the world of, like, Algiers not becoming the one. Kyron Williams could become the one. Sean Tucker could become the one. That's why I would drop him because even if Swift has a good game in week two, you're still not going to trust it until you see it again in week three. So you've got two games where you can't even start them. And then what if it's good in week two and bad in week three and good in week four and then good in week five? And then you're going to be like, well, it was back and forth and back and forth. I don't know if I could trust two in a row. And like, when can you start DeAndre Swift at this point? That's, That's the question point. you have to ask yourself. Yeah, that's a really good point. That's a it's a phenomenal point. Like you're gonna make the wrong decision. He feels like one of those guys you're gonna make the wrong decision every single. You're chasing week. your tail. Yeah, you're and always it, chasing the production. And if there are viable options out there, I'd, like I would, you know, like we talked about, you know, oh man, even if I don't know the Eckler stuff, I'm picking up. I would dump um, Swift for Kelly right now just to you know theorize of two or three like weeks as a number one. Uh, moving over to wide receivers, let's talk about the waivers and wide receivers because. The number one waiver player this week, I believe, will be Puka Nakua. Across the board, everybody is all in. 15 targets will do it for you. He is your number one. He's going to be the number one overall by everybody. You know, you don't have to necessarily do the whole waivery thing, blah, 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 like we talked about. But, I mean, this is one that you kind of go all in for. I, this is an easy, if you got the number one claim, you pick him up because this this guy this guy might be a wide receiver, too, for the rest of the season, even when Cup comes back. But uh, let's hear it, Jake. Three. I'd, I'd say when Cup comes back, he's a wide receiver three. But even so, wide receiver three and week one that you know this uh, – I find it interesting, everybody like lapping on Monday, like, oh, Puka Nakua was all over him. And like, and then you do the Twitter search and you're like, mm, nobody really was <laughs> talking about this. There's a handful, some people like betting in Vegas and stuff like that. But 
I say that to say, like, even as somebody who sat here and deep stash, like, if you go to, like, league, league winners, deep stash, like, I was like, Nakua's free. And he has the potential to be the number one. I'm not victory lapping. I thought Nakua was going to take till the middle of the season. I thought that he still needed a little bit more development. And I saw some Adam Thielen in him, a little bit more explosive than Adam Thielen, but, like, that kind of role of, like, okay, Adam Thielen was a wide receiver three for a lot of years with the Vikings. And, you know, some wide receiver two sprinkled in. I was like, but it's going to take some time for Nakua. That went out the window. It happened in week one. And now that's already happened. I'm going to say from now until Cooper Cup comes back, I'd still say a wide receiver three. He's going to have wide receiver one weekly potential until Cup comes back. But I don't trust the Rams offense week in and week out. That's the big thing, especially like it going against the 49ers. Do I really trust Stafford and what that offense looks like right now? So he's going to be startable. You're going to have to start him. You have to start him in week two. Even if he goes belly up in week two, you're going to have to start him in week three. It's the volume game because Tutu Atwell and Van Jefferson are fighting for number two, and Tutu Atwell was actually the number two in week one. Yeah, he looked pretty good. Yeah, when the thing is, is when Cup comes back, that's Cup's role, but Nakua can play outside. Tutu Atwell can't. Van Jefferson can play outside. That's his outside role, but I think they've realized that Van Jefferson is, we can stop with this nonsense. He's just that go deep and he's the high school backyard play like go deep yeah. if you're not open then oh well too bad so yeah, go I to the toyota to three yeah he goes to three and four so but that's the good thing about nakua is why he should be the number one easy like i would drop sky more i said that i'm not oh. dropping sky more yet nate taylor said be patient don't drop Kadarius tony yet even though he dropped everything be patient see how this works out with kelsey on the field but i would drop sky more for Puka Nakua. I would drop Marvin Mims, Quentin Johnston, Rashad Bateman, uh, Jonathan Mingo. Like a lot of these rookies that didn't get Marvin Mims did not like 25% of the snaps. Nothing. Like there's a lot of like I would drop hell, Alan Lazard, the Robert Woods and Adam Thielens of the world, like said, uh Derry, all the Giants. All of them. And that's not reactionary to week one, but those are, I would basically drop almost everybody to go get you, Nakua. You didn't say a single person I wouldn't drop it um either. Let me ask you this really tough one. I think it's kind of tough. Puka Nakua or Christian Kirk? Because Christian Kirk was garbage. Nakua. You would go with Nakua over Kirk. Because Kirk is definitively the three. Yeah. I, and I, I agree like with it. this, by the way, because I agree. It, he, the problem with Kirk is that if you look at it, it's the snap counts too. 10 fewer routes run. That's routes on passing. 10 fewer than Zay Jones. They have put him back into the slot. They said, you're only playing the slot. And that's just going to limit his time in the field. Well, Christian Kirk have we our wide receiver two weeks? Yes. But if you're talking about somebody who's going to consistently put up numbers, it would be Nakua. Hell, I would drop drop Kirk for his teammate, Zay Jones. I know a lot of people don't have to make these decisions, but yeah. that's where Kirk now is. I would drop if I knew Jacoby Myers is healthy, I'd drop Kirk for Jacoby Myers. I would also do the same thing. Jacoby Myers looked phenomenal in that game. That's uh, because Grapple throws two yards at a time. I know. I've seen it all the time. That's why everyone's like, oh, well, you know, the cornerback with Devontae. It doesn't matter. Grapple is going to love Jacoby Myers and, and Devontae Adams because he can look five yards out and just throw the. He's going to have 40 targets of those two a game, and those guys are going to have a combined 125 yards. That's like what Grapple does. My I arm am. sucks, and it might be as good as Grapple's. <laughs> like, I had surgery, and I could still throw. I will say this, not to make it all about me, Jake, but I do already have multiple i have two pukunakua shares i am proud to say uh i do play in some deeper leagues but i've got I would two. Have more in my home league if i didn't open my big fat stupid mouth during the draft and, and i'm like, happy i'm very who's happy the number that- two after cup and i'm like it's gonna be nakua and I, as soon as i said it i was like son of a 
they you're done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They and got you. You got drafted. Yeah. It's nice, though, when you do have that because then I don't have to play around with waivers and I don't have to screw around. Do you agree that Puka is the number one of all positions? You're you're all in. You're going over Kenny Gainwell. It's Puka over Kenny? Nah, it's harder to find running backs. Okay, so you would here's go Gain. The, here's so the how many running backs? In. Well, no, here's what I was going to say. I, I can. Kenneth Gainwell could blow up in our faces, but... If we were sitting here today, and I just laid out the scenario, Cooper Cup does come back in week five. We expect him to. That's why the Rams did this is because we think they're playing the safe game. But Cooper Cup comes back in weeks, week five. Nakua ends up being a wide receiver three at that point because Cooper Cup is going to be Cooper Cup. We're playing what's left after Cooper Cup. That's the game. But as of today, Kenneth Gainwell is the lead for the rest of the season. He's an RB2 for the rest of the season. It's hard to find running backs, and I would take the RB2 for the rest of the season versus a wide receiver three. I would take the RB2 over wide receiver two at this point off waivers because they're harder to find. Uh, coming in at number two on the list was Jacoby Myers, who we just talked about. Suffered a, uh, a pretty brutal concussion, it looked like. I think the injury stuff is still kind of in question. I just thought he looked phenomenal. He has Jimmy Garoppolo's eye. He's going to get all the time. It's like old school Hunter Renfro, like what Hunter Renfro used to get. That's like what Jacoby Myers has in this hey, offense. Jacoby Myers is out. Hunter Renfro, DFS, throw him in there. Volume. Dude, I would want to <laughs> You are 100% right. Jimmy Garoppolo, he just has a, like a 10-yard vision. That's Hunter it. Renfro is the very last wide receiver on the list, but it's he's there because if Jacoby Myers is out, I would, pl- I would play Renfro over Alan Lazard with Zach Wilson against the Cowboys. Ooh. Um, Alan Lazard yeah, versus think, the Cowboys with Zach Wilson or Hunter Renfro with no Jacoby Myers. Yeah, I'm playing Hunter Renfro. I think I would too. I think I would do the same There's thing no in here. You would. You yeah, would. <laughs> no, I probably would just because Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> just stinks. He stinks and like Hunter Renfro. Like there were so many times I watched that game uh, sparingly, but when I would watch it, you would see like Renfro run his little like four yard out, and I was like, oh my god, Jimmy's gonna throw to him, but he just always went to Myers, and he will start looking that direction if yeah. Myers is is out. But if Myers is healthy. Um, but you might not have that decision. So like, how are you going to treat it real quick without knowing the health? I'm not sure that is going to ultimately matter in your investment in Jacoby Myers. He's number two on the wide receiver pickup list, but like, are you going to still be moderate, moderately aggressive for Myers? Yeah, it would be yeah. if I need a wide receiver help. Uh, so, but the Hunter Renfro just comes down to, is he like, let's lay that scenario out. Let's say Jacoby Myers is out. Would Hunter Renfro get in your lineup? If you would, then put a few bucks, go after him. If not, then don't even waste your time. Okay. Uh, coming in at number three on the list, Nico Collins. Sneeko Collins, Jake. Let's hear just about Sneeko. Uh, just, no, just move past this. I don't know how. He's probably everybody listening to us is probably like, he's not available in my league. I just I was shocked that he was under 60% on Yahoo. No, I bet, I bet you there are plenty of leagues he's, that he's, he's still He's even lower there. on ESPN. Okay. Just, I'm surprised. The no, gar- I'm garbage surprised. time is going to be garbage time for the Houston Texans. I mean, I have some concerns. It's not going to hit every single week, but... Wow, I'm surprised Nico Collins was out there. All right, well, number four, Zay Jones. You kind of did mention it. You would take Zay over Christian Kirk at this point, which is going to just be a huge disaster for a lot of people because you know Kirk was being drafted as a top 30, and Kirk is A, not startable, and B, cuttable for a lot of the guys that are on this waiver list, and Zay Jones is that guy over him currently. Uh, he is, and I, honestly, though, if you wanted consistency, there might be some names that I would go further down the list, like... I mean, all the way down to Jaden Reed at 10. Like, what if Christian Watson doesn't come back for five weeks or something? Or what if, like, he actually gets past Romeo Dobbs and ends up being the number two and Dobbs plays the Christian Kirk role? Like, 
Then you get it. But it's actually also a similar situation again. It's like you're going to get weeks with Zay Jones be like, I can't believe I picked him off waivers and I have to start him and he got two catches for 13 yards or like, or I guess for Zay Jones, two catches for 33 yards. But you get my point. Like it's, there's going to be, this is not going to be frustrating. It is yeah. going to be. You know who I think with Christian Kirk for a minute, I think Christian Kirk is going to be the DeAndre Swift of wide receivers where like he's going <laughs> to have a week where he has his like eight catches and he does something and you're, and but you didn't start him because how could you then you'll start him the next week and then he won't do anything and it, you'll never get it right. So back to what you would do with DeAndre Swift. I kind of think that could be that with Kirk. Maybe we're going to be overreactionary and we'll look back in five weeks and Christian Kirk is completely back to normal. And, you know, they got in the locker room and they said, we just got to get him the ball and blah, blah, blah. It just doesn't look like it. Calvin Ridley is phenomenal. ETN looked great. Uh, Evan Ingram was getting it just it doesn't look like Kirk is going to be that. So I think he is a DeAndre Swift of wide receivers at this point. Number five on the list. Did you like that uh, comp, by the way? Okay, good. Uh, number five, Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs, regardless of whatever hammy stuff he had going in, looked good. Was a target for <laughs> Jordan Love. So talk to us about uh, Romeo Dobbs. Uh, he was top weapon also in the red zone slash end zone, like red zone and end zone. He had two and two. Two targets in the red zone, two targets in the end zone. He caught both of each. So to give you an idea, so yeah, and yes, those aren't overlapping end zone, different than red zone, because if you look at it, Samari Toure, uh, one end zone target and Dontavian Wicks, the other rookie on this team of rookies everywhere, uh, one red zone target. Those are the only other two people with a red zone or end zone target. So why I think Dobbs is at least still in play unless Jaden Reed gets past him at some point this season, because I think Jaden Reed has a higher ceiling as a number two wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, Dobbs kind of feels like the new Randall Cobb here, <laughs> essentially, uh, which could still work, especially if he holds off Jaden Reed which he is right now. The interesting thing is that if Jordan Love is going to treat Dobbs like Aaron Rodgers treated Alan Lazard, where you have a number one in Devonta Adams and you have a number one in Christian Watson, but when you get into the red zone and end zone, his eye sometimes goes to Dobbs first. Dobbs is a very intriguing play. There's risk. I wanted to point that out. There still is risk here, especially with Jaden Reed looking pretty good in his first game. Um, but this is there's potential for a top 30 season. Who would you rather have rest of the season, Romeo Dobbs or Alan Lazard? Dobbs. Yeah, I figured, I just wanted to throw that out there. I it figured that's what would be wasn't. the answer. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, and then you already talked about Dumpsville. Uh, you mentioned uh, I brought Quinton Johnson in there. We got to Johnson. We got to talk about Christian Kirk. Those are some of the guys I think that are on the uh, the potential cut list. As far as streamers go, if people are looking for quarterbacks and tight ends from the quarterback market your top three streaming quarterbacks were Brock Purdy uh, with the Niners Jordan Love with Green Bay and Russell Wilson with Denver if you lost Aaron Rodgers if whatever the other situation like what do you think the like where do these guys sit for you as far as streamability mm, Brock Purdy needs to start being in the conversation as a top 15 quarterback at this point like yes sir I mean I, we're gonna be sitting here I get that decent test this week in Los Angeles. So, I mean, but like at what point are we like, hmm, Brock Purdy over Derek Carr? But I think that's the world he lives in. He he lives at Brock Purdy is Derek Carr is Kirk Cousins is Jared Goff. That they're all the same dudes in the same tier. That's who they are. But yeah. that's top fifteen conversation. That's where he deserves to be. I would love Sam Howell more if he wasn't headed to Denver. I agree with that. the Brock Purdy thing I will point out to watch, he threw Quite a few bad passes in that game that were um, masked 
by the amazingness that is Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. So something to keep watching because he so, looks amazing. Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff. Exactly. No, I, I completely agree with you, and hopefully he gets to that point. I will, hopefully he settles down a little bit is what I'm saying, but the weapons are too good. The weapons are too good. Brock Purdy is in that. Jordan Love, I thought, also looked really great. Continue watching him. Russell Wilson is kind of a matchup play for streamers. My only concern about Jordan Love is at Atlanta, they're going to run the ball again 8 billion times, and Jordan Love, that Packers offense is running play. I will say I like Jordan Love more if Aaron Jones is out. Even though well, he threw to Aaron Jones, but they're not gonna they're probably gonna make him throw a little bit more if he only has AJ Dillon and Emmanuel Wilson. That one's gonna be fascinating because AJ Dillon looked like garbage. And if Aaron Jones is out and you're saying they're gonna run, I agree. I think they kind of pivot. I think you're gonna just see maybe a lot more. I think Luke Musgrave is gonna be like a must start. You want to talk about tight end streamers? That's a guy that I uh, have Luke a lot Mustard. of shares of preseason. Luke yeah, all the yeah, but Luke Musgrave, uh, you also, and by the way, on tight end streamers, you put Hunter Henry and Jawan Johnson. That's your ranking is Henry, Musgrave, Johnson. Any throwouts on, I think Henry and Musgrave, I feel like are a tier above uh, Jawan Johnson, but you tell me. I need to take out Tyler Conklin now that Aaron Rodgers is done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, you might have some, Adam we Trotman? obviously. No, Greg Dulcich, Dulcich's. Yeah, we, Dulcich might have been somebody. We saw the tight end guys that missed last week. We're going to get a bunch of those back. Is there any, are either of like Henry or Musgrave? I know these are the tight end streamers. Are both of those guys hovering in that top twelve tight end range for you? Yeah, because every tight end is. That's true. Is I, yeah, yeah. Can, I knew I you were going to do that. That one. I'll leave that in there. <laughs> Just. I knew Did as soon as I brought the top up tight ten end. tight ends. I gotta stop asking Jake about tight ends. I like, like my eyes roll in the back of my head as soon as I ask it. I'm like, oh god, here comes the response. And no, you're right. It's you like know. I know there's like look there's like the, seven look guys. At the top ten, the five of them were zero percent rostered. <laughs> no, go pick up Luke Musgrave and just have a great time. He's gonna have a, a big share. I will say here, Jordan Love. Yes, I do like Musgrave. Admittedly, I will say, but also stream tight ends against the Eagles. But unfortunately, you get T.J. Hawkinson. This about, oh, hey, there you go. DFS Thursday night captain T.J. Hawkinson. Boom. There you go. Go over to theathletic.com right now. Get yourself a subscription. You can check out and peruse the whole waiver wire article coming up here. Uh, midnight uh, Tuesday into Wednesday is going to be the ranks. You got project. You got the whole thing. The rank article is a great thing to follow throughout the week as it continues to evolve and move in. You guys can get all of Jake's great ranks and his stuff there. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast here. Yeah, it's stuff, stuff and things. Uh, just make sure you are subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss any of it. Coming up on Thursday, Brandon and I, we will be digging in to week two ranks. We'll also be picking apart Jake's ranks. So that's what we did in the last episode. We took your ranks up against some things that we were saying and seeing if you hated or loved what we were doing. So you guys can... Uh, and what, and we it's great because Jake's not there. So we can like poke at Jake and he doesn't know. And it's, it's a great time. So thank you guys for hanging out with us. Good luck in week two. And we will talk to you on Thursday right here on the Athletic Fantasy football podcast.